we are back. Chad and Melissa here with another episode of our human experience. And third time is a charm this morning, trying to get this uh, recording to work. Um, today is another episode with Melissa and I. The topic we're going to touch on today is uncomfortable versus irresponsible. And we're going to try and unpack this a little bit, pick apart what the differences are between those two feelings, uh, how they relate to the way we spend our time, our money, our energy, the way we approach our relationships and our professions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of times I think the two can be conflated and assumed to be the same. And the truth is they really are not. So when I think about this, the first thing I, I'm curious about is what pops into your mind immediately. What's the first thing you think of when you think of uncomfortable versus irresponsible, Melissa? Spending money. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Where, where people, where people uh, decide to spend their money. And I think we we heard this concept first from um, Larry over at Active Life mm -hmm. um, and a course that we were taking for our business. And it was a course that we had decided to spend a lot of money on. Um, and the concept he was talking about was selling a service, a product, whatever, and having people decipher between the two. So the first time I really thought about this was around money. But as we've discussed it, there are, it can be related to pretty much any decision um, that life throws at you. Sure. I, I mean, and we'll probably come back to this, the money topic a lot because it's really easy to just kind of wrap our heads mm -hmm. around. And I would imagine that basically everyone listening can relate to uncomfortable and irresponsible purchases. Sure. Uh, some of us may or may not be able to relate to that as it pertains to, you know, taking a, a risk with a relationship or with a, you know, with your profession mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe where you live, uh, all these sort of things that I, I'm sure we will come across at some point in our life. I think money is relatively universal for a lot of people to, to see these. So we will probably come back to that um, frequently throughout throughout this little chat. Uh, yeah, I think that that was probably the first time I heard it worded that way as well. And I think intrinsically, I had I understood the difference between the two. Not to say that I always made the best choice mm -hmm. between those two things. Uh, but I did at some level really understand it. And so when we did hear that put in those exact words the first time, uh, it, it really, it resonated. And the idea was, you know, especially if you're selling a, a high ticket item or if you yourself are considering making some sort of big purchase, whatever that might be, a new home, a car, investing in your health or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, there's times where it will feel really difficult to make that choice and something inside you will tell you that you need to. Mm -hmm. And that starts to parse out the difference between uncomfortable and irresponsible. So a, a really good example would be, you know, we do a lot of personal training, um, a lot of really high touch point services with our, our coaching businesses. And a great example would be someone who is looking to invest in that and let's give two scenarios one would be this person is has been struggling with their health for a long time they've tried a lot of things they've tried to rely on their own understanding and their own 
discipline and motivation and it, it's kind of failed. They've tried you know, looking stuff up on the internet and going to different other coaches and just not really finding a good fit. Uh, they, they come upon working with, you know, maybe we'll talk about for Be Well Blueprint, they, it's a, a mom coming to work with you. And, and there's a high, high ticket item, uh, coaching service for that mom to purchase that she can afford, right? It, it's, it's within the budget. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not $20. Right. And the conversation becomes, have you invested in a $20 program before? And often the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Have you invested in a $50, $100, et cetera, et cetera? How much money, time, and effort have you invested in all of these things that haven't worked? What I'm offering is something that should supersede all of that and that will will actually yield results for you and get you to be able to apply the lessons learned for the rest of your life. Right. It's an investment and it needs to be uncomfortable or you won't do it. And, and I think that... It makes me think of how many times in the past within our business we've offered something for free, uh, just oh, yeah. join this, and yeah. you, you get almost no compliance. No one does it. They're like, it's so great, it's free. And for the first couple days or a week, maybe two, people are on board, and then it just fades almost immediately. And right. you because see no 80, buying. 90% yeah. percent drop off. Yep. Right? Yeah, agreed. Um, so I think that's a... That's one scenario, right? The person can make the investment. They're not excited about it. Uh, they're like, oh, man, what else could I do with that $3,000? What else could I do with whatever amount of money they're looking at investing? And the other side of the scenario is someone who is working two jobs. Maybe she is a single mom in debt. Home is underwater. right? You, you have all mm-hmm. these mounting financial obligations. That's an irresponsible decision. Right. You're struggling to pay your mortgage and keep the lights on. You're, you're having a hard time meeting your basic needs and taking care of yourself, your family, et cetera, et cetera. That's irresponsible. And neither you nor anyone else that's, that's in the business of coaching specifically, I don't want to say uh, any, anyone that's selling you anything, but people who are doing it in a respectful way and in a way where they're genuinely there to help their clients Mm -hmm. they don't want that person to sign up right that's not a good scenario (laughs) right that is an irresponsible choice the trouble is a lot of us view our lives right now as i can't afford it meanwhile maybe you have a hundred dollar a week wine budget shout out to gaga uh maybe you have you know, you go out to eat three, four, five, six times a week at, yeah. you know, with work I mean, or going out to dinner. People don't want, they don't want to look at that. They don't, those are things that they're enjoying maybe, hmm. um, or potentially embarrassed about that they don't want to admit that they're spending that much money on. So. I, hey, I, I get that way. I just told you, I went through some of our money looking our, at our budget and I, I was like, oh, we spent some money on some stupid shit. Not really stupid shit, but just it was unnecessary, mm-hmm. and it was it was things that that we didn't really need to do, and it's it's easy, it's easy to do that because it's that little dopamine hit, it's that little like oh it's only a hundred bucks, it's only fifty bucks, 
It's only the, like, and well, you do and it Amazon here and there. Amazon makes it real easy. You're like, oh, I need this thing. You look it up on Amazon. The card's already saved. You just hit the enter button, and then, yeah, you get that dopamine hint when your package shows up the next day. You're not even spending real money. You're yeah. just clicking buttons, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and it is, and you're, not, you're also not forking it over at once. Like, imagine if you just went on Amazon, and it worked as though uh, you, you accumulated a cart over the course of the right. month, and then at the end of the month, they you said, "Do you still do you still want to you still want to buy this? Right? Because it's twenty seven hundred dollars. Right? I guarantee you'd start looking at that and being like, oh, I mean, I don't need.' Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I do it. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll get on Amazon for that, and it's just nine ninety nine, twenty two dollars, fifteen dollars, and yeah. then yeah. But if someone said, "Hey, this is three thousand dollars worth of stuff this month. Do you need it all or want it all? Sure, it would it would hit differently for sure. Um, I think going back to that feeling inside." Um, is a big thing like listening to your gut when you're making these purchases or making these decisions is a really big thing you know when you make an irresponsible choice your gut kind of tells you that you yeah. know deep down right but if you even if you're uncomfortable and it's ultimately the right choice or what you really want you get that little ping of like yeah we can do this we should do this right so listening I think that kind of mind gut connection um, is a good thing to kind of pay attention to when you're looking at the irresponsible verse, um, something that you should be actually doing. Yeah, so that immediately makes me think of just a common theme that we talk about a lot in uh, on the show, which is awareness. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, many, many, many people go throughout their day without a tremendous amount of awareness around their choices, around their behaviors, their language, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And on top of that, we live in a world that is bombarded by people who are happy to make those choices for you yes. via influencing, via marketing, via mm -hmm. whatever it is. They're, they're really happy to show you why you need the next widget in your house, right. why you need a new pair of shoes mm -hmm. to go with the other 37 pairs that you yeah. have. Why you, it were it's real easy to be hijacked. I mean, look at the the you know, the Netflix feature of just rolling over into the next right. episode. It makes binging on a Absolutely. TV show really really easy. You don't yeah. even have, you don't even have to push a fucking all you had to do before was push a button. Now you don't even have to do right. that. You just have to sit there and and kind of zone out. And right. so what you're talking about is it's simple. But I don't think it's necessarily easy for when people right now to intuitive. have that it's intuitive awareness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, I agree. Well, I would say it is natural, but we've just covered it up. Yes, yeah. Right, we, we've blinded ourselves to the fact that we do have this, this level of intuition about ourselves, about the world around us, yeah. that while it's not 100% accurate all the time, it's a pretty good azimuth yeah. for a lot of our choices. You know, especially things that, that we know a lot about, i.e. spending our money or, you know, let's let's shift to another topic because I don't want it to just be around money. I just, I feel like that's something that's really, it's relatable and it's really mm -hmm. easy for people to connect with. Yep. Yeah, you know, the the uncomfortable decision is, is going out to eat less and buying, spending more money on healthier food options, right, right versus going you know the, the irresponsible thing would be again i don't have i have barely have enough money to buy the groceries that i have let's buy really high-end 
grass-fed meats and and organic vegetables and blah blah, blah and not have right. enough food to feed yeah. our family. So that they can be two very different things. So I think the the money is really relatable in that. Uh, but you can even look at it through the lens of you know where you want to live or the the career that you're pursuing. Maybe this past year has shown you that you really dislike the mm-hmm. job that you're in. Mm-hmm. And the uncomfortable conversation or the uncomfortable action might be leaving your job. Yeah. Applying for another job. Yeah. Right? Or just simply taking the risk, setting boundaries and having a conversation sure. that may or may not work out. Sure. Right? Sure. And and to not and when you look at what's irresponsible about that, I mean realistically, you know, if you if you stay in some of those positions and you're miserable and it's it, there's no room for for growth for you or mm-hmm. it's a place that you just don't feel like you can thrive and that you can you can do the things that you know you're fully capable of where you're kind of being held back and that's irresponsible to yourself to Absolutely. Yeah, to to your happiness, mm-hmm. to you know, your own personal fulfillment and growth. And that's not to say that that's the harder choice because it's often not it's often the easier choice because you don't have to do anything. It's right. like letting that, that episode of Netflix just roll to the next one. Yeah. That's the easier choice it's versus or, It's stopping. ordering the pizza versus cooking your own dinner. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so it, it's not necessarily that, uh, that the irresponsible choice is hard or even going to change your life. It might not. The irresponsible choice might be to just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. think about it from the uh, the coaching perspective and, and the fitness perspective. If you've been doing something for whatever, however many years, and you've, and you've never improved, and you're not getting anything out of it that you set out to get from it, the uncomfortable decision might be to say to this, you know, this gym that you've gone to for a long time or this coach that you've worked with for a long time to say, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I need to pursue something else. Mm-hmm. That might be a really uncomfortable conversation, especially if you have a close relationship with right. that person or with the business or whatever. Right. Um, but staying there and continuing to to use that as your services and, and without getting what you need out of it, that's irresponsible to you, right? Yeah. And and you look at that from back to the like investing in yourself in general. Right, investing in yourself to, to learn, to educate yourself. It by not doing those sort of things, you can hold yourself back from job opportunities, relationships, from just feeling good. Maybe well, and I think it comes back to that awareness piece and this just social narrative of you should do this, you should follow this path, you should buy this, you should have this stuff, like this is what's expected. So Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I can say for us personally that, especially in hindsight, I think was was really helpful was moving back from California. Um, We really didn't bring most of our belongings with us as far as, like, furnishings, we'll Mm -hmm. say. You know, we we brought our clothes and our personal items and those sort of things, Um, and we brought some gym equipment that we had because the intention was to open a gym. But other than that, we left a tremendous amount of uh, belongings and furniture and all sorts of stuff at our home that was being rented. And, you know, it made it made sense 
to do that initially. Uh, we won't go super far into it, but we ended up, uh, the renters ended up stopping paying us. We didn't have a, anyone set up to manage that. And so uh, we had to put our home into, uh, into, into a short sale and included all the, the belongings and mm-hmm. stuff that were in it. The, the point is, the beauty of that was coming back and, and not having a ton, mm-hmm. not having much to account for, really. And I think we've done a pretty good job, although even you and I, we let that mindfulness, that awareness of consumption and, and mm-hmm. accumulation, we let it slip and we, we buy things we don't need and we have this sort of stuff. But by and large, when I compare our lives to a lot of other people... We live off a very small amount of income, and we live a pretty damn good life. And a lot mm-hmm. of that goes to having made uncomfortable decisions about prioritizing our health over other things, mm-hmm. about um, prioritizing being able to go out and, and do things, like out, be outside and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff, rather than getting stuff. Not yeah, caring about vehicles, like what cars we drive or anything, like all these sort of things have added up. And I, I look at it, I'm like, well, no wonder why people have a hard time making investments in themselves. They have, you know, $1,000 a month in car payments on top right. of their, their mortgage and this thing. And they do go here and they, they have these, like, there's just a lot of extra investments and not only money, but energy and time going mm-hmm. into all these other things that make it really difficult when, the, when they feel compelled or called to make an investment in themselves and make that uncomfortable choice, they don't really know if they can. Right. And then they tell themselves this story, like, well, I can't afford it. But you just put, you know, $1,000 on a credit card on a shopping spree for a bunch of stuff you didn't need. Right. Right? And, mm-hmm. and so you can. It's just whether or not you're willing to make that uncomfortable choice. It's not about it being irresponsible, necessarily, for a lot of people. It's like, well, I've, I've just chosen to invest in all these other things rather than this. And it's not a condemnation of that person for choosing to invest in a nice car. That's fine. Make the choices that you want. I, I just think it comes back to you mentioned having a narrative around it, that mm-hmm. this narrative, of, well, I, I can't afford to do that. Well, what do you want? You want the cheapest option for X, Y, Z? Sometimes that makes sense, right? If I'm going to, but oftentimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? Someone, someone was talking to me the other day about uh, pricing on, I don't know if it was something medically related or like tattoos, but it was funny. I, I said something along the line, I've said it before, where it's like, there's certain things that you don't, you don't bargain shop for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like plastic surgery, tattoos, mm-hmm. those sort of things. <laughs> Probably yeah. just go ahead and spend the money on the good, (laughs) the professional who knows what they're doing. And I think that that, you know, that really applies to most places, right? And I'm not suggesting you need to spend the most amount of money and energy on whatever thing you're doing, but we all hired a contractor that was cheaper than everyone else and then did a shitty job, Mm -hmm. right? We've, we've all hired the, you know, whoever, the, uh, the, the trainer or the coach or whatever that was really inexpensive and they just kind of, we were just a, another another number in the line and and there was no real growth nothing really happened for us um and and so it does it gets hard to start to sift through what is uncomfortable what's irresponsible and and if it is just an uncomfortable decision is this the right person for me to 
to me. choose to right. work with, right? right? Um, I don't know how you handle that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm sure you have some examples of, of times where you've made the investment, you thought it was going to be worthwhile, it for one reason or another didn't didn't work out, and sometimes that's on the person you're working with or the, the company you decide to go with, and sometimes it's on you, and sometimes it's a combination yeah. of the two, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there, yeah, there's got to be examples. I'm thinking like mainly products, like things we've gotten for the gym or things we've gotten for our home where mm. it's like, well, this one's only $100 and this one's $400. Well, there's definitely a reason, you know, putting together a $100 piece of furniture as opposed to a $400 piece of furniture or having someone come and do it for you um, is a big difference. But yeah, I think we, we just had a woman um, email us actually and asking about personal training. And our personal training is our highest paid service. It's our, you know, it's the, the highest rate. And you're getting the most out of it. Sure. Um, you know, you're getting that one-on-one -on -one attention. You're coming to our facility or we're coming to your home. And her response back to me in the email, once I gave her kind of some information and we talked a little bit about what the pricing could look like um, based on the packages, she said, you know, kind of what you just referred to with like, I'm sure, no, she wrote no offense. I'm sure you're so program... be prepared to be offended. <laughs> well, no, and, and she, or, or no disrespect, or maybe it wasn't no offense, no disrespect. Um, I'm sure your program is great, but I'm looking for something, you know, cheaper, seventy-five to a hundred dollars a month. And I said, that's I a, just that's a YMCA well, so, membership, right? So I took the opportunity to kind of educate her on what one one personal training is um and yes there's definitely trainers that are charging you thirty dollars an hour that's not us and it's not us for a reason right so i think yeah <laughs> kind of deciphering between um those uncomfortable conversations or decisions and what you're going to get out of the decision yeah. is really important and, and what do you want out of it right if i'm going to buy you know poop bags for the dog I don't need the highest end bag to sure. hold a piece sure. of shit in it right like but there, there are certain things if I just want access to something we'll use the gym as an example if I just want access to a gym then yeah I want something that's you know a decent facility and you know relatively well maintained and, and whatnot and a low price because I don't really need I need right. you to turn the lights on and have stuff for me to use right and that and that makes sense yeah. look for that Right, but if you are are looking for the guidance and you need someone to help you, there's a million blanket programs out there that aren't made for you, right. and they're less expensive, and, and you can you can go about that. Um, <laughs> the start of that email just made me think. Hey, when we were the when I was in the Marine Corps, we used to there was kind of a recognized thing that whatever you said to someone, with all due respect, sir, yeah. it was kind of like, <laughs> fuck you. Yep. Yeah, I'm prepared to tell you that I don't agree, <laughs> yeah. but it, I'm not. I'm not implying that that was her intent. It was just funny. It made me made sure. me think of that. Anytime, anytime it came out uh, with all due respect, it was kind of, it, it was <laughs> just laced with yeah. with venom. Well, whatever think, the statement was. I think some like people taking away from this conversation that one awareness is a really huge piece. So just being conscious and consciously making these decisions and noticing 
if you are being kind of spoon-fed these decisions by social media, by people in your family, by society in general, um, and then that kind of mind-gut connection. I think just, and they go hand in hand. Just being able to consciously make these choices and deciphering between, like, is this is this decision truly irresponsible? If so, why? And is it something that I really want? So how do I just flip it from irresponsible to Can just I? uncomfortable, yeah. right? Um, Can that even be done? Yeah, I, I hope that, you know, we've talked a lot about money, and but I think what you said before really should resonate. And, and going back to that awareness piece where just understanding the choices you're making yeah and that irresponsibility the irresponsible choice may be to do nothing yeah i mean that i think that was a great point i think that was a great point well i'm pretty smart i know (laughs) um so and to shift the topic off of money let's use a a real life example that we got to are kind of witnessing as Mm -hmm. it's happening in real time look at your youngest sister Mm -hmm. right so melissa's youngest sister janine got she she applied for a couple jobs uh she's a an animal trainer right now she was an animal trainer at the long island aquarium and she applied for some jobs looking to get out of that area there wasn't much room for for growth for her in that position uh it's a really expensive area to live for not a, a high enough paying job and uh so she ultimately, you know, I, we we were trying to get her up here to the Seneca Park Zoo, but that that didn't work out. And she ultimately got offered a position in Salt Lake City, Utah. And you know, I know you and I are both deeply proud of her for for even taking a stab mm-hmm. at it and then for accepting it. Yeah. But you can imagine that for her, that's a fucking uncomfortable decision. She's moving two thousand miles away. Yeah. To a place where she doesn't know anyone. None, no one's there. There's no family right. there. She's a little bit closer to your other sister, right. Jennifer. But, she, you know, Jennifer's still in L.A. It's not like they're, you know, an hour away. Yeah. And at the same time, what a great decision for her. It's an opportunity yeah. for her to expand her professional prowess. It's an opportunity for her to ascend in this in this career field that she loves mm-hmm. and she it, it wants to be a part of for the, you know, the remainder of her professional right. life. And it can give her a leg up. It can give her opportunities to to move on to either different zoos or different positions, work with different animals. It's yeah. really great. Well, I think I think a piece of that too, and we should talk about when it doesn't come to money, choices that you're making, you know, setting yourself up for, if it is an uncomfortable decision, setting yourself up so it's not irresponsible, right? So she's moving out there with a job, yeah. which is helpful, right? Like, it, it would be much different if she just went to my parents and said, I'm hey, I'm moving to Salt Lake tomorrow yeah. or in a week. And they're like, well, why? do you have money? And <laughs> no, I quit my job and I'm going. Like, that's very different than, hey, I've connected with some of the people I'm going to be working with. I have this apartment lined up. I already did this. Like, she's got herself kind of set up for this uncomfortable decision to be less irresponsible. Sure. Right? Or not irresponsible at all. Sure. So I think that's a, that's a big piece where if people are looking at like transitioning jobs or relationships or moving someplace, like how can you set yourself up in a way where it it's definitely still going to feel uncomfortable, but it doesn't kind of slide into irresponsible. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and, 
you know, to clarify, if someone did decide to just like fucking, I'm, I'm packing up. Oh sure. Part of it, it's, it's dependent on your life. So when you talk about, I mean, she has look, no savings, so she's got. Well, <laughs> yeah, part of it's depending on what your life looks like and what your expectations are. So again, coming back to awareness, you, you know, I know a couple of people, a couple of friends who have done basically that, who have just packed up. I mean, one that does that all the time uh, and they have certain things in place either with their finances and or with their expectation of what life needs to look like with right. them right if you're if you are living in a four bedroom you know McMansion here and you're driving a, a new Mercedes and but you're in, in, in a ton of debt and you basically need to sell everything to be able to move and then you you're gonna just randomly move across the country to somewhere you don't know with no job prospects if you're comfortable like living in your car or in a hotel room or working some shitty job cool like if you want to be on the road and, and be kind of a vagabond like okay sure you can make that choice but if you want that same life right. the same lifestyle you have here there's some things that you need to put into play right and that's all going to be it's going to be personal it's going to be sure. based on what your expectations of this choice is but i like that idea of once you've committed to this uncomfortable decision there are a lot of things you can do to make sure that it doesn't become irresponsible and there's certainly been times plenty of times in my life where i made a decision that was uncomfortable and then i let it become irresponsible right by not following through on something i was supposed to do or you know whatever the case may be you know invest in something and then not not use it to its full capacity all this all these sort of things like it's that's a really I like that point of not letting this uncomfortable choice then become irresponsible. Right? If you bring it back to investing in in your health or, or with coaching or something like that or business coaching or whatever, some sort of mentorship, you know, if you invest in someone to to mentor you and then you do nothing that they yeah. suggest you do and you don't follow through on anything, well now it starts to it starts to move toward irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Right? Because not because of the investment itself, but because of your action around it or lack right. thereof. And I think that that hinders decisions going forward, right? So if you lack trust in yourself to follow through on things that you've maybe invested in or things you've decided to do, then those decisions become harder the second time around, right, when you approach with them again. thousand percent. I'm a walking example of that, right? Um, and, and I think I, I noticed for me, so some, maybe something actionable, if you are someone like myself who uh, has a tendency to lose trust in my ability to follow through on something, I'm willing to make uncomfortable decisions and uh, then I kind of regret them because they didn't work out for one reason or another. And sometimes it's, it's a lot of times it's on, I'm at least somewhat mm-hmm. uh, res- responsible for it. Um, you know, sometimes it just wasn't wasn't a good choice after all sure. but uh, a lot of times it's it's on me at least in some degree sometimes to a large degree what I've found is if I make commitments or decisions that are basically irreversible then it, it a lot it kind of forces me to be there it forces me to be in that thing in that moment whatever it is so I think about you know signing up for the Marine Corps like I signed a contract yeah. and, you know I, the I mean, sure, I could have tried to get out of it and, and done a bunch of other stuff, but it would have been more work to do that than it 
than it was to just stay in. And it was worth it staying in. So I put myself in a position where I kind of, I had to be there. So that might even be a helpful tool is if you, if you struggle making uncomfortable decisions, have it tied to something. Well, and that goes back know. to the, the free challenges we would put out as opposed to something that costs $200. Sure. Right? Like if it was a non-refundable challenge or, you know, thing that you decided to do, I mean, at the end of the day, is that money that big of a deal? Probably not if you spent it in the first place. But it does lend itself to that little, like, ugh, yeah. ping in your gut where you're like, ugh, again, I, you know, I just, I did that. Well, it, it just made me think of, uh, I remember talking with with uh, our, our buddy Stu about if, if anyone could ever come up with a, a gym model where you actually paid less the more consistent you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an interesting concept, or vice versa, you pay more the less consistent you are. So rather than making that initial upfront financial investment, which can then be pretty quickly forgotten, you know, right. um, the, it's just more of a constant reminder. And I, I mean, I think there's probably something to that, but I, I don't know if you could ever get that off the off the ground. But I know people will do challenges with friends. There's all sorts of apps and stuff out there where you, there is a little bit of financial incentive tied to it, and if you don't do it, it's, it's kind of yeah. there's a penalization And, and money is a, is a driving thing for people. I think just finding some sort of accountability in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, going back to my sister having a job already and setting herself up for success, like, somebody like you, perhaps, if you are going to invest in something that then does require work going forward, finding someone to hold you accountable that you're answering to. So it's not just you against this money that you spent, right? Yeah. Um, And same thing goes for, you know, what we do on the coaching side, you know? Yeah, paying more to go to a a gym that you don't attend probably hurts, right? But it's not necessarily going to motivate you to go or get the results that you're actually looking for, right? So going back to finding someone that's actually going to get you the results and hold you actually hold you accountable for it yeah and i think i know a lot of what you do is working on trying to create and foster habits around why are you not making this choice what's a better solution everything we've transitioned to in our coaching on the fitness and the wellness side has been to create solutions for people yeah right i'm i i'm not interested in you know just giving you things to give you things there are reasons to everything we ask our clients to do um, and they're directly correlated with what we've found in assessments, what you've told us in your consults, all of mm-hmm. those things. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and a shift away from dogmatic. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier thinking about where you're, what's influencing some of your choices and some of your decisions. Yeah. And I think a big shift away from a dogmatic approach to lifestyle, nutrition, fitness, you know, this, it needs to look like this. Well, if it needs to look like this and you refuse to do it, yeah, then we have to find a different solution. It must not mean it needs to look like that. It needs to look like that, right? We, what can it look like for you in a way that it integrates into your life? Well, and it goes back to like the Marine Corps. Like that's why I don't love like signing a con- finding something you absolutely have to do that's irreversible. Like I understand what you're talking about when mm-hmm. you say that, but to me that just lends a negative connotation to like. I have, I did this, I have to do it, right? Yeah. As opposed to how do I really make this choice something that I want to be doing and that 
is ultimately the best thing for me, right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, I, and the Marine Corps turned out to be that example for but you. It didn't, it wasn't. But it wasn't the driving force necessarily in the beginning wasn't, you know, you, it was something you were you were forcing yourself to do. And if it's something that you're... I don't know if it you're... was a driving force. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, so if people are investing a lot of money in something, like, then they feel stuck because they've invested this money that maybe they didn't really have. Maybe it was partially an irresponsible decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, like, okay, this was just uncomfortable, and then I'm going to set myself up with these routines, habits, these accountability people... To make sure that this decision is something that I actually want to be doing. Yeah. You know? I think a big piece of it is, well, there's two things that I, that I was thinking about. One is patience. And the other, I, I want to bring it back to some of the stuff that I've been doing recently with, like, ceremonies and stuff as far as, like, signing up and being there. But I want to talk about patience first. That's... I think a piece of this puzzle of this uncomfortable versus irresponsible we talked about Amazon before and you know you click a button and the your box is at your house the next day or two right it, it's only magnified our need for immediate gratification in anything that mm-hmm. we do absolutely and so a lot of times and I feel this you make an investment in something you spend a couple hundred dollars couple thousand dollars you you sign a mortgage for a couple hundred thousand dollars and there's an expectation that that immediately you will feel this sense of like okay we got it done like we accomplished the goal we did this thing and that's often not true it needs to take some time to Mm -hmm. develop you need to actually have the experience in order to appreciate it in order to say oh that was worth it you know we've talked before about um, when I when I started with meditation and journaling and those sort of things, and, and that wasn't necessarily, I guess it was an uncomfortable decision, uh, my slightly. Um, there wasn't a huge risk to it, but it was something that I was unfamiliar with, and I certainly did not notice any sort of shift or change immediately. It wasn't like I sat down and meditated for ten minutes. It was like, holy fuck, I feel enlightened. My life is so much better. It's so clear now. You know, it was, it's very much an accumulation of things and it's very much sitting through the experience. And I think relating that to the the medicine ceremonies that I've been going to, that's a little bit of a blend of this. It's not a contractual obligation, right? I, I sign up, I could always say, hey, I'm not going to come. You know, I could cancel or whatever. Uh, but I do feel I feel a sense of obligation to be there, right? Once I say I'm going to be, and for yourself or for the other people, for the other people and myself. Okay. Um, but especially at first, it's like, well, I better go there. Like, I, sure. I, I told them I would, you know, and that's shifted more towards mm-hmm. towards myself. And when I get there, I feel a, a sense of obligation to commit to the process and like to settle in and like and and feel that and so there is there's a lot of patience involved mm-hmm. in that as well and it's still an experience that needs to be gone through before any sort of outcome happens after and there's a bunch of work around it so it's mm-hmm. not even it's just like with a if you were to relate it back to the personal training 
It's not like someone's going to come to one personal training session and be like, boom, there it is. I'm fit. An hour with Melissa, my fucking whole life's turned around. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, it's very much the same thing. It's, it's not as if I make this one choice to go to this ceremony and now my, my life is totally different. Right? There's definitely profound impact from each time I go and there's a lot of work that needs to be done around it. And I think that's that's relative to a lot of things that people that people embark on that are uncomfortable. You talked about relationships before, you know, deciding to end a toxic or abusive relationship or even one that's just not working. Mm-hmm. Right? You brought up uh, some friends of ours that, you know, they don't live in the area anymore, but they put something up about their relationship ending and it was actually really amicable like at least from how you explained it to me Mm -hmm. it was really amicable and and beautiful and I'm sure that was an uncomfortable decision to make yeah there's family involved there's kids involved you know there's all these things and and what would have been comfortable would have been to just sit in that relationship Mm -hmm. and how irresponsible is that to, to each of them and to their to their children to not be happy and not truly be in a relationship that they want to be in it doesn't necessarily have to be this where it's like this horrible you know animosity or abuse maybe there is but you know that's a perfect example of something that didn't need to change on paper i would imagine i would imagine Mm -hmm. it was fine based on what you said and how how you explained it uh but they both saw value in making an uncomfortable Mm -hmm. choice Right, and that doesn't mean that as soon as they made the choice, like, boom, all right, everything's good. We've settled right into our new life. There's no, there's no, there's no issues. There's no challenges or conflict. Not true at all. Someone goes through an ugly divorce, right? It like, probably the best decision they have made, but that doesn't mean that it's a comfortable decision, and it certainly doesn't mean that once you sign a piece of paper, that everything's honky dory and good for you. Like, right. Your emotions don't give a fuck about a piece of paper. It's not like all those memories are erased and all those things go away. But it was an uncomfortable decision that you have to ultimately know, was this the right one for me? You know, and going back to that that intuition and that awareness and that connection to your your gut, your heart, what it tells you about, about whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And working through that, I think <clears throat> if you're having a hard time wrapping your head around that concept of, you know, I don't know what my my gut's telling me to do or this, that, or the other thing. That's, to me, a sign that you need some space in your life. You need some time, whether it's walks in the woods, mm-hmm. meditation, just time alone, driving. You know, I know for me personally, driving is really meditative. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind going on, on yeah. long rides. Uh, you know, Journaling's been that for me. And I don't know what my hang-up was with journaling. Because you wanted to do it right. Well, yeah, there was an expectation of, like, I needed I needed this profound topic to talk about every day. And I didn't have... what I didn't perceive that I had the energy or wanted to expend more energy on figuring that topic out every day. <laughs> so I was using a journal that had prompts. And some of them really resonated with me. And then some were just not at all like I was like oh like that just so then I'm like trying to force answering this question and I'm like why am I doing this 
So I took the, I, I was just like, well, what if one day I just like, and I don't know what the difference, like I used to write in diaries mm -hmm. when I was a teenager. I don't think I wrote anything profound, but it was like, this guy looked at me today. That was cool. You know, like, but I don't know why I disconnected like a diary with a journal hmm. and what, why I like initially had this, this hang up and this expectation. But I've just recently, like a week ago was like, what if I just wrote about my day and how I was feeling? And I was like, oh, like, and was able to just correlate to specific events and write down just thoughts I was having and it's been actually really enjoyable to do yeah. as opposed to something I was forcing um, with an expectation. So yeah, I think adding journaling to that list is a good one too, to just kind of mind dump and just let yourself talk about, talk yourself through those decisions on paper. Yeah, 100%. And, and I'm sure you stumble upon profound moments from time to time while you're writing, but the, removing the expectation to need to find them each time is... Yeah, sometimes it was just a reflection of my day. Yeah. And then I imagine the more I do that, the more I'm going to be able to kind of reflect on just those simple, you know, descriptions of my day to day, and they'll lead me to some decisions that potentially would be uncomfortable, but I can reflect back and say, oh, you know, two months ago I talked about this in my journal. Yeah. So it's my gut, my gut knew two months ago. To do this. Yeah. Right? Or to e at least start thinking about it. Yeah. Right? And it's a nice way to just, like you said, you said mind dump. And I've found that talking and writing are are so valuable for someone that has a busy mind, right? And, and I think a lot of people do, a lot of people have this just kind of, they're, they got a lot of things on their plate, mm -hmm. right? They're concerned about a bunch of different stuff. They're, you know, and so their mind is scattered at times. And I can certainly relate to that. Um, and, and writing and having conversations are two of the most helpful things for me to organize and consolidate my thoughts. You say it all, uh, there's a lot of times where I have something in my mind, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this makes sense. And then I start to say it out loud, I'm like, that, well, that's not what I meant. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, you know, and. Right, well, and also, if you don't go in with an expectation, like, there's been days where I've unleashed 10 different ideas that I had kind of bouncing around in my brain. And it wasn't like a paragraph on each and it was nicely transitioned to the next thing. It was like, I wrote something down. It was dot, dot, dot. Oh, and also this, yeah. right? With no regard to punctuation or <laughs> run on sentences or, you know, so it's just, it's just a nice way to stream of consciousness. Yeah. And, and that's, Absolutely. that's a huge, that's a huge tip. And if you're, if you're using it centered around some sort of big decision in your life, that can be really helpful. I, and I've also found that going back and rereading it mm -hmm. can be helpful, especially if you wrote something, you know, a couple of months ago or, or whatever that you maybe forgot, like you mentioned before. So if you have these sort of these decisions in your life that you start to bring some awareness to to yourself, to your gut, to your heart, and you're noticing, man, I'm, I'm miserable at my job or 
I, I don't love this relationship that I'm in, or I need to do something about my health, or I need to, like, whatever the thing is that you're looking at, start to, to talk to other people that you that you know and that you care about and that ca they care about you. And this is one of the things that it can be tough right now where people have kind of isolated themselves and given into the narrative of be afraid of everyone around you. Like we've, we've lost a lot of connection that we were already losing. It, mm -hmm. it just added fuel to the fire. Uh, but if you can find someone, talk it out, write it down, write it in your, write it in your journal, you know? And as you said, stream of consciousness, don't, it doesn't, you're not putting together a term paper. Right. You're not turning it in, right? Just write. And you may find that you come to a point where you've at least consolidated the, the, the pros and the cons or the arguments. I was just going to say, like, really, like, there have been days where I haven't even written sentences. It was just lists. It was just a pro-con chart, you know? So not even going in with the expectation of, like, this needs to be in sentence form. Just... One day I wrote, I'm going to do this. And I did five bullet points of whatever I was talking about. Yeah. You know, so committing to those things, rereading them, making those promises to yourself, and then actually doing them. But I think it's a really nice way to kind of, like, decipher something. I mean, I had a client, you know, going back to kind of right now, pandemic, like, ask me if I think she should get the, the vaccine. That's not on me, right? But it is potentially an uncomfortable decision to make either way right for each individual certainly because everyone right. so everyone going has into different... your journal and saying okay pros and cons here's what i have yeah. right bah, 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 bah. and then comparing and deciding okay based on that where where does the decision where do you what is your gut but you've given your gut some time and your brain some time to kind of reflect back on these things sure. as opposed to just saying well my mom's pretty old, so I should probably get it. And, like, I, you know, my job's a little risky, so I should probably get it. And, like, the CDC says I should get it. So, I mean, I guess I'm getting it. Right? But if it's something that you really don't fundamentally want to do, what are those reasons, too? Yeah. Right? I think that's, that's a great, that's a really great example for, for right now, for choices that people are, are being saddled because it with. Because it is. It's, it's that social narrative of, like, everyone's doing it, so I guess I'm doing it. And it's not even necessarily, uh, like, I want to make sure that we're clear, I'm not trying to convince anyone one, oh, no. one way or the other, no. but it does feel as though the harder choice to make is the choice to opt out right. of this story that's being told and, and, and yeah. going and doing this thing. And, and my sister is a perfect example. You know, she started her, her new job and uh, a couple months ago, and maybe two months ago, and has been asked, I don't know, last time she said it was like seven or eight times mm -hmm. if she's going to opt in to get the, the vaccine. And each time she's said no. And they just keep bringing it up. And, and you know, luckily, my sister's a strong-willed person with a lot of things. Like, when she makes a choice about her life, herself, she's going to make that choice, and she's going to weigh the options, and... You know, and she's not trying to convince anyone else at work to to no. not get it. But or she's also else, but... taken the time to, I'm sure, journal on it because it's something that she does. She's had conversations with us about it. She's talked about, you know, her whys behind it, and I think that's a that's a big thing too. Like if if you're making an uncomfortable decision, like understanding why it's uncomfortable and why it's something you should be doing. Yeah. 
you know. Or, or not. Or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, you, you know, we're faced with, the, with them a lot, right? I, I mean, even as it pertains to just being courteous and being out amongst other people, you know, smiling at someone else, like the uncomfortable thing. I, I try and I try and make it a point to say hello and, and even yeah, I mean, under I, my mask, smile so that, like, can you smile with yeah, your I eyes? Yeah, I mean, I think like, that's a really good point. Like, we're talking about some pretty big, relatively life-changing events when we talk yeah. about, like, uncomfortable. Moving and divorcing. Right. But it is, there's, yeah. there's daily things, right? And we mentioned, like, the way you eat, you know? But mm-hmm. every time you eat, it's a decision to eat, quote-unquote, irresponsibly for your health or your goals, um, and or make the uncomfortable decision to go grocery shopping and make your own food, right? Yeah. So, uh, depending on you know your level of cooking and all that, but sure. And that and that's yeah, the thing, I, yeah. They, I think I think that's a really good point. Like making sure people don't walk away with like, oh, this is just big life stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. you can you can face uncomfortable decisions throughout your day. Yeah. Right. You have a. You have a strained conversation at work, or or someone says something that you really don't like or disagree with at work. Like you need to make the choice. Do you do you voice up and say something in that moment? Mm-hmm. Do you keep it to yourself? Again, not that anything's right or wrong, right? Perhaps it's not the time to voice your disagreement or your problem with what was said or done. You know, maybe it's just in the middle of a staff meeting or something, and you're like, this is not the time to, to bring it up and bring it up later. Or maybe it's you, you realize I'm just in a bad mood and this person right. just irritated me, so I'm going to take a few deep breaths and I'm going to kind of ground myself and, and move on. They didn't mean anything by that. I just took offense. Right. Or this person said something that's wrong or, you know, really was hurtful or offensive to me. I need to make sure that I... That I do something about that, that I say something to them, right? Both of those could be uncomfortable yeah, to absolutely. either step up or not. So, I mean, we're presented with those sort of little options all the time. And you're right. It doesn't have to be, I think it's easy to wrap our heads around like, you know, big life decisions in terms of uncomfortable versus irresponsible, you know, moving far away, leaving your yeah, job, taking think, a new I job. I think if you are at all aware um, and pay attention to your life, like you're trying to surround yourself with, Choices that are mainly simple, easy, good for you, things you actually want to be doing, um, as opposed to continuously putting yourself in this situation. And if you do find yourself consistently in a, like, is this irresponsible? I always have to make uncomfortable right, decisions. Like, you should probably reevaluate some things in your life. Yeah, potentially. What a great, yeah, what a great litmus test for that. If you, if you go throughout your day, you're like, man, I just feel like my day is nothing but uncomfortable decisions. Maybe that is something to reflect on. And, and and maybe it's something where you're trying to do, like, some personal work or, and growth or where it is, like, okay, some of these things aren't the norm for me and I'm really trying to push past that. Okay. But if not, then, yeah, potentially, potentially looking to change some stuff. Yeah. And, again, I think we've, we've touched on it before. I don't know if on the show, but we, you and I talk about it a lot, that just because, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal oh yeah right that could be a whole nother show yeah it a hundred percent could be and i think that's people get hung up in feeling like they don't have choice 
it, you know, and that could be a whole other show, I think, in and of itself as well. This idea that, you know, ultimately you do, you have choice. You know, it might be an irresponsible choice. It might be an uncomfortable choice. It might be the different choice than everyone else around you is doing. It might be an yeah. un uncommon choice, mm -hmm. right? And those sort of things are, I think it's, it's easier for a lot of us to just tell ourselves that we don't. It's easier to say you don't have a choice. I got it. I got to keep doing this job. I don't have a choice. I got to stay in this relationship. I don't have a choice. Yeah. I have to stay in this area of the country. I don't have a choice. Right. Right. I mean, one, one of my buddies on the call was on last night was talking about, um, it sounds like he's trying to move and like a big move mm -hmm. talking about going to uh, Costa Rica or Puerto Rico and those sort of things. And yeah. like, that's gotta be a, that's yeah. a big, that's a big choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. my sister is married to a Cuban. Like that was a big choice for her to be in a yeah. committed relationship and then have to go through the process of, yeah. of, uh, I mean, we've talked about it like half jokingly, but half into this concept where like we, you know, throughout the years where we've, had big transition points in our business and you know do we keep doing this or do we just pack it all up and we're like well we could just lock the doors and get in a van and decide to just go yeah that is definitely a choice that we sounds have. like one of my quotes <laughs> but do we you know is that a choice we're willing to do exactly you know so yeah i think coming back to yeah you absolutely always have a choice but is it you what, could burn what your life of, down what kind of choice is it you're right yeah. you could burn your life down any moment yeah you could make that choice to do it i'm not encouraging you to right. necessarily do it or maybe i am i don't know maybe your life needs to be burned down a little bit right now uh, but the point is is that you do starting to be able to see choice is empowering mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's easy no and oftentimes the most fruitful choices are going to be the most uncomfortable and the most difficult ones they just are mm -hmm. because usually it involves stepping into the unknown to some degree. You know, I'm going to add to that and being able to keep them in a uncomfortable zone as instead of letting them slip into irresponsible. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's a pretty good place to end it yeah. for today. Yeah. I think, uh, I hope you guys, I hope this resonated and it hit home for for you. And you thinking you're thinking about some choices in your life that maybe you've been putting off. Uh, maybe you're in the midst of needing to make some decisions. You've had some stuff presented to you, and just take some time, create some space in your life to think, to talk, to write about where your mind is at, where your your gut and your heart are at in terms of these choices. And really start to parse out, are they uncomfortable choices or are they irresponsible choices? And if they're just uncomfortable and you know that they're going to ultimately lead to a better life for you, for a better outcome for you, then when are you making that choice? Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time.